I'm Catherine Bice, your host to Bowie, a Life in Deeper Water podcast. I live on the Outer Banks of North Carolina on what many call a 200-mile sandbar along the wildly native Atlantic coast. As a nonprofit professional, I had such a heart for bringing resources to underserved youth and artists, New York City, Los Angeles, but the ocean is now my daily muse. So why buoy? To bear my witness to a seaworthy faith, one witness of God's divine persuasion in our deep blue lives, I seek faith that rocks with resilience. Buoy is rocking on a small, sun-drenched platform, spending a few minutes to warm up with the sea lines and navigate a deeper perspective on how our faith is our witness. We all have to swim to it. If you are here to buoy your life in a way only God's swell provides, or your swim brought you to this open water but you're not sure why, we are on the same journey. Hey, thanks for jumping on buoy today. Welcome to Buoy, a Life in Deeper Water podcast, episode 47, when God reminds me, been there, proclaimed that, still stand, the middle of the Nehemiah story. Hello, human. This week, I have hung my heart on praying to God for focus, for some insane ability to prioritize with grace and throw all that I have into my commitment to his calling, for the purpose of making some of those decisions that are hard to make, that bring me in close to his calling for me, that which he has divinely ordained me to do. So I ask God to show me, to give me a strong Bible example of focus. He put Nehemiah in my head. That's interesting because the book of Nehemiah, well, it's been a very long time since I read it. What did he do again? My first spiritual delight was to learn that some characterize this book as a first-person memoir, which is pretty perfect for me. I'm in the process of reflecting on Nehemiah's memoir, so this will likely span two episodes. Why? Because I want to start in the middle of the story, where the heat is, because that is always the narrative glue that inspires me. Then go back and forward, bringing it all full circle in the next episode, because sometimes what we learn is best introduced from the middle working outward in both directions, if that makes any sense. That my witness is in the middle of the story. That we meet people in the middle of their story. So I start at the point Nehemiah had completed the wall but had not put doors on it yet. For a little bit of necessary context, Nehemiah had returned to Jerusalem as governor of Judah and is directing the rebuilding of the walls. He continues to deal with opposition from his enemies and four times sends the same response when they ask him to meet with them. Nehemiah 6, 3-9 So I sent messengers to them with this reply, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time, Sambalot sent his aide to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says it is true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king. 
and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us meet together. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. This dialogue between Nehemiah and his enemies floods my mental space with questions. Did Nehemiah misunderstand? Did he even hear the Lord correctly about building a wall? Was the wall the right thing to do with so much interference and diversion? Does diversion dilute the proclamation of God's plan for Nehemiah? Harder yet, does God use diversion to speak to us, to redirect us? Diversion is defined as the act or an instance of diverting or strain from a chorus activity or use. A deviation. My mind is blown here thinking about how God is omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, and all that goes with that. So for what reason would God use diversion to change our course? His judgment, the choices he makes for our lives, has enduring power. So this is fast becoming an answer, no, and understanding in a far deeper well of what focus requires and yields, of how God's proclamation over my calling is defined by his nature, what the word steadfast packs within it and what it looks like in my life. Just look at the diversion tactic of Nehemiah's enemies, that it was a plot with devious intent to frame Nehemiah as being motivated by power, revolt, a ruling nature, a ploy to get Nehemiah to deviate from his plan. Here's what I'm clear about in this story right now. Nehemiah did not do an assessment of the importance of his project. By this I mean Nehemiah did not flinch. He prayed, Enable me, Lord, to continue in your calling. His affirmation, I am carrying on a great project. It was an affirmation of what God had already proclaimed for his life. His question, why should the work stop? It was a bold challenge of God value versus man diversion. His request, strengthen my hands. See why the middle of the story leads the way? Because my witness, your witness, is in the enduring quality of God's proclamations for what our lives are to be what we are called to do and how we prioritize, how we become activists against diversion of any kind. I'm coming back to this. For now, receive the incoming messages, but keep the outgoing responses the same like Nehemiah. I'm carrying on a great project. God has already proclaimed it. Don't let the not God stuff cast a shadow across your vision just enough to compromise your conviction and divert your commitment. Is there lesser God stuff to let go of that is good, builds character, serves others, but dilutes your focus? I don't know, but it makes a closer look at Nehemiah's story spiritually compelling and the story of Jesus, his earthly footsteps, placed with care on unpredictable yet purposeful dusty roads to save one, then another, have a conversation, heal a growing line of people, sick physically or spiritually or both. 
He did it with strong hands given to him by his heavenly Father. So how did Nehemiah get to the middle of his story? And where does the story go? What happens when his great project is done? How does it end? And what about us, human? Don't we want transcendent daily clarity on God's proclamations for our lives? Don't we want to respond to diversions with conviction, like Nehemiah? To say to ourselves, nothing about this diversion is actually happening. You made it up. You let it in. You allowed it in your mental space. Episode 48. His Grace, My Gratitude. See you on the movie. Thanks for listening today. I encourage you to speak up, human. If Bowie brings value to you, take a moment to share it with someone. Write a quick review so we reach more seekers. Comment, ask questions. You can find me at katherinebuys.com and Bowie Catherine B on Instagram. Bowie is a Life in Deeper Water podcast.